Welcome back to another episode of the IMA Story Podcast. My name is Cheryl Smiker Russell, and I'm here to support the empowerment of the I am in you. Do you mind if I ask you a question? What does opportunity look like for you? You don't have to answer right away. Just think about it for a moment. What does opportunity look like for you? I'm going to take a moment to read my daily devotion. It's from the book called A Year of Miracle, and today is day 41. I try to read this every morning. This spiritual path is my only path. Today, I remember that every event is a part of my spiritual journey. Every moment is a moment on my spiritual path, inviting me to rise to the highest version of myself. May grace, compassion, and understanding and love be the hallmark of my personality, as they are the essence of my true being. May heaven come to hurt through me today. Dear God, I am willing today to be the person you would have me to be. I release to you my illusions. Please strengthen me where I am weak and heal me where I am wounded. And so it is. Amen. There is a saying, when opportunity knocks, open the door. But what if you don't know what opportunity is? How are you going to open your door to just anything? Well, I love Google. And Google says, opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. But what is it that I want to do? What circumstances are going to align itself to allow me to do what I need to do? Well, first, I think it's important to know what opportunities you're waiting on so that when that knock comes on the door, you will know to open it immediately. Well, no one in their right mind would know their circumstances and see everything align with what they've been waiting for. And when that opportunity come, refuse to open the door, right? No, nobody would do that. But what if you don't know what circumstances you're waiting on, what you need to happen for you to have the opportunity to do what you're supposed to do? I consider myself very blessed I've had many opportunities in my life, and I have a story to share with you. I consider myself to be a dreamer, and ever since I was a little girl, I would dream. The ocean was my my getaway place, my dreaming place. That's where everything happened, and I was fortunate enough to grow up in a community where I was surrounded by the ocean. So, Every Sunday, I would just do what I need to do, and then I, would, I couldn't wait to get to the beach. So what I would do is I would get in the water, and I would just look at the sky, look at where the ocean meets the sky, and I would just talk to God, talk to myself. And I would always wonder, when am I going to go to America? Didn't know much about America, but I had a lot of family members who were abroad. Some were in England, some were in Canada, and some were in America. And somehow I had this fascination with going to America. Well, lots of people go to America, right? That wasn't an impossible dream. But for me, it was because, see, I did not have any close and immediate relatives in America. My parents were in Jamaica. I was the oldest of my siblings. I didn't have any close ties to America because back then, 
the way to get to America would be if your parents were in America or if you had a sibling in America. That That's what I understood then. This was back in 1980s, in the 1980s. This was a lifelong dream for me. So I didn't stop dreaming. So 35 years ago, it was 1986. I was an 18-year-old young girl, just graduated from high school and wondering what the heck I am going to do now. I knew without a doubt that I did not do well on my exams. Jobs were scarce and the chances of me going on and furthering my education in Jamaica was very slim. I had many thoughts about what I would do after I leave high school. I could be an hairdresser. I could open up my own restaurant. I could, I mean, I was just dreaming about things. But the one thing that was consistent and constant was that I was dreaming of going to America some way, somehow. I was visiting with my mom in Kingston. And it was just after high school. It was in July of 1986. And she was so excited. Her firstborn just graduated from high school and things are looking good. Deep down, I was just dreading having this conversation with her about my future because I knew that I did not do well. I struggled through high school. My mother and I were deep in conversation and opportunity knocks. Boom, boom. Yes. And what did I do? I opened the door. My mom's sister was visiting from abroad and she was so happy to see me. We had only met once before, but she was such a nice person that I always remembered her, especially the fact that she looks just like my mom. So she was so excited to see me, but she was all about business because she was visiting and she was getting ready to go to America. And of course, she was interested to know what her niece was doing. Uh, she was excited that I just finished high school and she wanted to hear more about my plans for the future. We were talking, having a good conversation. And all of a sudden, my aunt looked at me and she said, it's a pity that I didn't have more time to spend with you because I'm on my way to America I wish I could take you with me. My Auntie Joan just told me that she wanted to take me to America. Did you hear that? That was opportunity knocking, knocking, knocking. And let me tell you, I opened that door. I just, I probably pulled that door off the hinge. I opened it so wide and so hard. All I heard was, I want to take you to America. I didn't hear the wish part. I didn't hear anything else. So of course, my question is, when are you going? How can I come with you? Both her and my mom saw the excitement in my eyes and the way I was acting. And my mom quickly looked at me and said, Cheryl, that's not how it works. People don't go to America like that. What your aunt is saying is that she wished that the circumstances were different and that she could take you with her because you just finished high school. This would be a great opportunity. I wasn't listening to any of that. All I kept asking, when are we leaving? When are we leaving? 
they proceeded to talk about different things and every opportunity I had, I kept asking, so Auntie Joan, when are you leaving? What would I need to come with you? My Auntie Joan looked at me with disappointment in her eyes. She said, my dear niece, I am leaving in August to go to America. This is the end of June. There is no way that you can come with me. That's impossible. In that afternoon, I learned so much about America, things that I did not know about the process of going to America. I needed a passport, which I didn't have. I needed a visa, which I didn't have. And in order for me to get a passport and a visa in Jamaica, that was a process. The more I spoke about the possibilities of going to America, the more my mom and my aunt reinforced the fact that this was not possible. It was not possible for me to go to America. This is just not the thing. My aunt was just being generous with her thoughts. This was just wishful thinking. This was just something that you say to someone when you meet them for the first time and you want to be a nice person. My aunt was a nice person and this was a wish, you know, that I was so excited. I am going to America. I am finally going to America. Nobody could tell me otherwise. And for the next month, I drove everyone crazy. I didn't have a passport. I found a way to get a passport. I went to the passport office and I got my passport. I didn't have collateral. What the heck was collateral? Never heard of that. But it turns out in order for me to go to America, I needed to have collaterals. I needed to have ties to Jamaica to show that I'm going to come back. Well, I I didn't have that, but I'm still going to America. So here I was at the embassy with my passport, three o'clock in the morning, waiting in line to get an American visa. I had no idea what Black Friday was back then, but this was that kind of experience, waiting in line for hours, waiting, hoping that you will get the one thing that you really, really need. Well, for me, I knew that I was here and that I was going to get it. I knew that somehow I was going to get that visa that I needed. I remember everything about that day. There was so many people, so much noise, but I was focused. I was not going to be distracted. I had on the same dress and shoes that I wore for graduation. My leg was killing me, but I didn't care. Finally, I could see the window. There is a window of opportunity that I've been waiting for. And I could hear the voice of this lady talking with the people before me. One by one, they approached the window. And all of a sudden, the reality that I am here was striking me right in the face. Here I am. And the window is right there. And I could hear the conversation that the lady at the window was having with these hopeful people, these people who were here just like me, waiting to get their visa. And I could hear, no, not this time. You got to come back. And I start thinking to myself, oh my God, no, I, I can't think about that. I was getting nervous. I could hear the conversation of everyone in front of me. There were probably about 10 people in front of me and I could hear everything. I told myself that I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. I'm almost there. This is what I've waited for. This is my opportunity and I am going to get my visa. I was getting closer and closer 
closer and the lady's voice at the window did not seem kind. She was just everybody, everybody that came to her, she was just turning them away, turning them away. And I said, my God, oh my gosh, I mean, this is real. I am here, but I still believe that I was going to get my visa. I was about the fourth person in line and all of a sudden the window closed and I thought to myself, what happened? Oh my God, are they closed? What's happening? And then in person in front of me, looked back at me and said, no, you know, sometimes they close just to take a break, but they'll open back again. They're going to be here for a few more hours. I said, thank you, Lord. It seemed like forever, but the window finally opened and there stood a young man. He looked like he was in his 20s at most, and he was sitting in the window. Where did that lady go? I didn't really care. I was like, oh my God, the window is open. And one by one, everybody in front of me went to the window and I started just praying and praying and praying. And finally, it was my turn. I got to the window. The young man asked for my passport and I gave him my passport. He kept asking me a lot of questions. Yes, the collaterals. Do you have any collaterals? Collaterals. No, I don't have any collateral. Here is that word again, collateral. I looked the young man in the face and I said, sir, I don't have any kids. I don't have any money. I don't have a business. And I told him my story. I told him that my aunt said, if I got a visa, I would be able to come to America to visit her. And I just graduated from high school and I'm so excited to go to America. The young man smiled at me. He was so pleasant, so nice. And he just kept asking me other questions about myself and why I wanted to come to America. And I was so excited. Finally, finally, I'm going to get my visa to go to America. Then all of a sudden, he said, I'm so sorry that you will not be able to get your visa today. But the good news is you can come back. This is just your first time. Most people don't get their visa on their first try. But the more often you come, the more the chances are that you'll get your visa. Did you hear what he just said? I didn't hear what he just said. Sir, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what you're saying. What do you mean that I cannot get my visa? And then, of course, he started to explain to me about the process of getting a visa and how this is a good thing that I come at such an early age. And the more I come and I said, sir, you don't understand. I am going to America. My aunt is waiting to take me to America. I just got my passport and I'm going to America with my aunt. And of course, he started again to talk and tell me, you know, listen, you can come back and you will get your visa. I've seen it happen so many times. I said, sir, this is the one opportunity that I have to visit America. I could hear the people behind me waiting in line, getting frustrated because I was taking up time. I was taking up their time, but I didn't care. I was at the window. I waited for hours to get to the window. This was my window of opportunity and I am here and I want my visa. And I was telling this young man, I was explaining to him that I am going to America and I need this visa right now. I was crying. Tears was coming down my eyes. And in my soft voice, I was just pleading to this young man. I said, please, sir, you don't understand. My aunt is leaving soon. And if I don't get this visa, I can't go with her. The young man looked at me and he said, can you just wait here for a moment? I'll be right back. I waited and there was this lady behind me and she said, girl, I think you're going to get the visa, you know. Let me interpret that. 
The young lady behind me, she said, I think you're going to get the visa. I wasn't listening to her. I was waiting for that young man to come back. I don't know if he was going to go get the police, you know, to come talk to this crazy woman. But when he came back, he had a smile on his face and he said, today is your lucky day. I want you to come back this afternoon and I want you to go to room. I don't remember what room he said. And he gave me a piece of paper and he said, listen, you got to be here at 2 p.m. this afternoon. I was so happy. I walked away from that window and I kept saying, thank you, thank you. I got to the door outside and I said, thank you, Lord. I don't know what just happened, but this young man told me that this was my lucky day and I am going to be here at two o'clock. As a matter of fact, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay until two o'clock. It was probably about nine, 10 o'clock in the morning by then, but I was not going anywhere. And of course, there were people on the other side of the door and they were just happy for me. There were people cursing because they were turned down, but most people were saying, girl, you are lucky. This was your first time and you're going to get this visa. I didn't understand one thing that they were saying. All I knew was that I was told to be at a certain room number at two o'clock this afternoon and I was not going anywhere. At 2 p.m., I was the first in line. It was a new location and a lady came to the window, a lady that I'd never seen before. I was expecting that the young man was going to be there, but he was nowhere in sight. But the lady that was there, when she opened the window, she says, well, congratulations, you got a one-entry visa. And she started to tell me about the process of the visa and what I needed to do. And she said, you have to make sure that you visit right away because this is only a one entry and it expired. I wasn't hearing anything she said after that. And she gave me some paperwork and whatever it was, the story is, I did not understand half of what she was saying, but I knew that this lady was telling me that I got the visa that I needed to go to America. On August 21st, 1986, Cheryl Smigel was at the airport with a her ticket in hand and a boarding pass that says flight number 017 seat 19b boarding at 320 to JFK at gate 1 arrival time to JFK, 8.35 p.m. I was alone. It turned out that my aunt's plans fell apart and she was not able to go to America until December of 1986. Here I was on a flight going to America and last minute I had to call my uncle. Thank you, Uncle Doogie. <laughs> I had to call my uncle who had just gone to America to ask him if he could pick me up on the from the airport. He was surprised. He had no clue about what was happening, but I knew I was one of his favorite nieces and I'm thanking God right now that he said yes and that was my story of coming to America on August 21st, 1986, to be continued. I hope that my story of opportunity will be an inspiration to you that will encourage you to keep dreaming, not to give up on your dream, to recognize when opportunity knocks and to run through that door. I hope this motivates you to keep trying to not give up on your dream 
because dreams do come true. I'm looking forward to sharing my journey with you. And I hope that this inspired you. And I hope that you will be an inspiration and that you'll have aspiration and that you will motivate others. Thank you for spending your time with me.